are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Thank you, young people. Thank you for being here today. What a great crowd. And eighth grade, I commend you. You're embarking upon a journey that you're going to love. High school is great. And I trust that every day would be a special day for you. Uh, Stay close to your parents. Of course, you know that. Uh, Stay with the Bible every day. Enjoy every uh, part of the journey. Don't be drama queens or drama kings. Come on, fellas. And uh, you'll be great. Seniors, just to hear you sing, what a blessing. You're leaving a heritage. It's our 42nd year of the school. And uh, never before did Mrs. Trevor and I uh, attend a senior trip. And uh, I've been to D.C. so many times. Ms. Trevor had never been there, and we went with you. While you were singing, I was thinking about that night when you sang around the Lincoln Monument. And um, I'm just so very grateful uh, for who you are. And you are in our hearts. And parents, I commend you so much. Uh, their great lives are a result of parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles, Sunday school teachers, school teachers, principals, on and on it goes. And uh, I'm just so very grateful for all of you tonight. One of the joys of my life, and it is a joy, is every Wednesday morning at 8.15, I go to elementary chapel, attend chapel, conduct chapel. We sing songs together. The Caleb Galvan goes over there with me. We play the, he plays the piano. We sang. We count how many teeth we've lost. A little disappointed in your kids this year. They're a little weak with losing teeth. 200 some this year. And so let's knock them out this summer somehow. But uh, those kids are so great. They get so excited when it's their birthday. And it's amazing, you get older, you don't get excited about your birthday, but they're all fired up. They're, some are so nervous about it. I love elementary chapel. Then high school's next, and then college on Wednesday. It's a big day for me. Elementary chapel, I try to do different things with quizzes to make it lively. And one of the things we've done this year, we've used the LCD screens, and we'll have an American history quiz. And for example, there'll be a picture of the arch in St. Louis, and they try to guess where it's at, and they all know those, and I'll throw some different ones in they may not know. One of the uh, Bible quizzes we had this week, this last year, was numbers. I like numbers. I get all excited, these clocks that say one, two, three, four. I I know that sounds kind of crazy, but about noon or thereafter when it says one, two, three, four, I think I saw it. And in the middle of the night, sometimes I'll be awake and I'll see one, three, one. And I say, three more minutes, got to stay awake. I got to see one, two, three, four. I know it's strange, but one day you'll be a little off center as well. Um, I like one, two, three, four, 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 four. You name, I just, I, I, I find it all, I, I know you're looking at me like I've lost it, but I've had so many people get involved in this now and uh, they're excited about it too. We. 
you know, we don't drink, we don't smoke, we don't cuss, we don't run. There's not a lot of fun things to do in the Christian life, so we try to find these things that we can do. And uh, it, I know it's crazy. I said to the kids in elementary chapel, because I was trying to give them, I said, okay, the book is this book, and uh, I'll read the verse, and you try to find it. And they found various verses that went along with it. There's one verse in the Bible that's 666. It's a very powerful verse. There's one verse in the Bible that's 777. And I'll try to ask them what is so important about this verse. And uh, they were finding it. It was incredible. I said to the students, and think of the time. I said, have any, before we had the quiz, I said, have any of you ever seen, like maybe in the middle of the night, maybe in daytime, 666? Our 777, and uh, Kristen, your class was the one. They were raised in kindergarten. I've seen 666 on the clock. <laughs> but they're not in eighth grade yet, or 12th grade. I want to leave this class and the eighth grade class that every day in your life for this day forward, when it comes 1215 in the afternoon or 1215 at night, you'll remember this verse. For example, I've kept in my heart Matthew 1, 2, 3, 4, 12, 34. You ought to look at that verse sometime. Same way in Luke chapter 12, 34, Luke 1, 2, 3, 4. That 666, that verse means, and that 777 means something very special to me. And sometimes we went 246 or whatever it might be, you get the idea. I want to leave this class with Luke 12, 15. So when some of you men are pastors of churches and you look at the clock, said, I'm kind of hungry right now. So oh, it's 12, 14, one more minute, it'd be 12, 15. You girls, when you're caring for those children or serving the Lord, whatever God has for you, and you eighth grade when you're in high school now, the verse is 12, 15. I'm going to try to do my very best from this day forward to always at 12:15 to think about you. I won't forget the senior class. You've allowed us to be around you a lot. We just had you over at the house. Uh, we could go Sunday night. Such a wonderful time after church, just watching you, listening to you. Our youth pastor and his wife, they ran the activity, but just, just watching you. Uh, I love playing that game catchphrase when the fellas just slaughtered the girls. Girls, losers. But you'll, if you marry some of these guys, maybe they can bring you along in life. But 12, 15, I hope, will never be the same in my life. The Bible says this in 12, 15, Luke 12, 15. You don't have to turn there. For a man's life consisteth not the abundance of things which he possesseth. Your life will never be about things. And you say, well, that's success. People in life are trying to find success. And people that go for success generally never find it. People are looking for success sometime in possessions. I've pastored this church almost 44 years. The car that I had 44 years ago is about that tall because they've already squished that car. It's gone. The car I drove 40 years, they, it's in the garbage heap. It's been melted down for another car, another vehicle. 
The suit, when I came here, I had one suit to my name. It was a green suit. That's all I had, one green suit. I had two ties. Thank God I'm not wearing that hunter green suit anymore. It's not even style. Things change. Sometimes we equate success with possession or things, our investments, our properties, our position, our importance. Now, some of you become a CEO. Thank God for that. But don't forget, CEO means that you serve your people. Don't ever become a big shot in life. Before this day is over, I promise you, I will run a vacuum cleaner around this place. I try to every day. I will pull a weed today, or weeds. I'll pick up paper today. You never arrive that you're so important, you just boss people around. Life is not being the executive. He that is chief among you, let him be servant of all. And life does not consist about, okay, now we own three properties. I feel sorry for you. Because two are running out, and you have to go fix those properties all the time. Ms. Trevor and I have said at times, wouldn't it be great to sell our house and rent? We just call the landlord and say, will you fix this hot water heater for us? I'm not saying you cannot have a house or own a house or own a nice car. I am saying that's not what life is about. In these last moments, I want to talk to you about a successful life. And a success is not in your bank account. A successful life. You're going to have to find a purpose. People that find their purpose become successful. Now, again, not talking about money and position and importance. But every one of you seniors, it's serious now. It's going to have to be all this summer and all during college. What does God want me to do? How have I been bent with my life? What, what direction am I supposed to grow? What am I supposed to do with my life? I think a nursing profession is very exciting. Some of you will pursue that, and you will nurse and help people on the pathway of life. Some of you will choose a, that God has you for the ministry and I believe God wants you in the mission field or be a pastor's wife or a pastor or a youth pastor or a coach, a school teacher. Those are high, high positions. I, I don't mean this rudely at all, but sometimes we think that someone who drives the garbage truck, it's a low position. We have two properties and the dumpsters come in here every day. And we have one of those men who's been doing it for years and he is our dear, dear friend. He's so kind to us. He helps us. He's a valuable person. I don't know what your job or what your ministry or what your task is gonna be, but you need to find your purpose. Most, please hear me graduates, most people never find their purpose. Most people live and die and they look back, I never accomplished what God intended me to accomplish. Because we're always trying to reach for something that's not really on God's radar. I need money. I need houses. I need lands. I need investments. I need cars. I need position. I need notoriety. 
But a man's life consisted not 12, 15, on the things, the abundance of things he has. Life is about finding a purpose, Abraham. His purpose, living in a nice place in the Ur of Chaldees, God said, I want you to leave here and go. I'll show you where I want you to go, but you're going to go 700 miles away. And I want you to establish something that's called Israel. And Abraham obeyed God and established the country we call now Israel. That was God's plan for Abraham. Noah, I've got a plan. I see the earth is filled with violence. My plan for you is for 120 years to build an ark. I'm going to save eight souls by a flood. And I want you and your sons and your wife and their wives to be on board. Invite anybody else to go. They mocked him. They scoffed him. But his task was to build an ark. I think of a man by the name of Moses. I've been reading through uh, uh, this week the book of Exodus. And I keep putting a check mark. God says, come up here to Mount Zion. Go down. Come up. Go down. Come up. Go down. It is all, and I've seen it before, but I just marked it all in this new Bible. Come up, go down, come up. And God gave him the law. Moses' picture, we were in the Supreme Court. He hangs in the Supreme Court. Moses has been listed as one of the five men that has changed world's history. Our entire judicial system is based upon the Word of God. That's why some judges still have bells on the bottom of their robes because they followed the robe of the high priest in the Bible. Moses, your job is to write the law that I give you and lead my people out of bondage. That's his job. He had a purpose. Nehemiah, your job is to build a wall. Daniel, your job is to go and serve me in a foreign land. The Bible tells us of Jeremiah, your job's to weep over my people. Your job, Stephen, is to be the first Christian martyr. We had a lady here last week, her husband's a pastor. She went through the services. He's a pastor in a country I will not say, I think we're online right now. But it's underground churches, it's illegal. Their arms could be cut off if they're found worshiping God. They sing very quietly in an underground church. We're having martyrs at record number daily worldwide. You can go on the internet and find that out for yourself. She sat here in this auditorium and I said, I won't point out this lady, but I'd like to sing Amazing Grace. And for the first time in her life in a 3,000-seat auditorium, she heard the song in public, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound. I glanced over as we saw, I watched her as we sang, and it just moved her heart so much. What's your purpose? Your purpose is not to have a child out of wedlock. Your purpose is not to dishonor the name of Christ or dishonor your family's name. Your purpose is not to just walk out on God and say, I'm done with God. God has brought you to this point today. And when you see 12, 15, I want you to know you have a purpose. Secondly, I want you to know there needs to be performance with that purpose. Do it. You're supposed to go to the mission field? Well, go. I was at the soccer game last night watching our junior high, and I 
received a phone call and I walked away. And a missionary out of our college, Sarah Bong, in Cambodia was calling me on his cell phone and my cell phone and talking about the needs that they have in the ministry in Cambodia today. I want to know, I want you to know, you better, he's doing something with his life. He's doing something great with his life. Our missionary that his parents came from Hong Kong and first generation people to America. They finally had the opportunity to live in America. He graduated from San Francisco State in engineering and in finance. And then he came to Golden State Baptist College and he and his wife and kids went back to Hong Kong. They finally arrived in the country of uh, prosperity, America, and freedom. One had to live in the 13th story apartment down Hong Kong as family had to. They're living in a high rise. He pastors two churches. It has two Christian schools. He's doing his purpose. Find your purpose and then perform your purpose and then persevere with your purpose. Don't ever quit. When the things go wrong as they sometimes will and the road that you're tr trudging seems all uphill. When the funds are low and the debts are high, and you want to smile, but you have to sigh. When care is pressing you down a bit, rest if you must, but don't you quit. Life is strange with its twists and its turns, and every one of us has sometimes learned, and many a failure turns about when you might have won had you stuck it out. Don't give up. Though the pace seems slow, you may just succeed with another blow. Success is failure turned inside out. The silver tint of the clouds of doubt. And you never will tell how close you are. You may be near when it seems so far. So stick to the fight when your heart is hit. It's when things go wrong, you mustn't quit. And so at 12.15, I remind you, there's a purpose, there's a performance, there's a perseverance, and there's a person called Jesus. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Always looking unto him. Through his word, he'll guide you. And I close, there's people. At 12, 15, every day of your life, think there's people. Who did I help this morning? What little child did I kneel down and talk to that child and say, show me that tooth that you just lost. Losing a teeth, a, a, a teeth, a teeth, and the older you get, you don't want to lose anymore. But those little kids, it's a big deal. Take time when a little child falls and bruises their little knee. You take time to comfort them if mother or dad are not there. Take time to help a widow and a widower. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the widows, those that are sick in their affliction, and to visit the fatherless. Life's not all about you. So at 12.15 today, you'll be celebrating. Remember Luke 12.15. Life is not about things. It's 
about your purpose. It's about a person. It's about people. It's about perseverance. It's about producing something. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.